Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your player partner, Corey, your co-host, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Okay, folks, we are back again. It's been a while. Back at it again with... Drum roll, please. The Queen's Gambit. Yes, yes, the Queen's Gambit. Listen, uh, you know what? Let's, 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 let's hop back real quick. First and foremost, here's what we want to say. Thank everybody who showed up for the movie uh, Sunday night. Yes, okay, the, that was the, so fun. We watched The Impossible. Yes. Uh, watch party it was freaking what an amazing film yes it was great uh, if i had tears i would cry okay i'm fronting maybe i did tear up a little bit i was bit. about to say i'm giving him a look right now <laughs> <laughs> um goodness gracious listen we are so excited that um you showed up and did that we are going to do that every single month okay we'll pick a movie we'll let y'all decide it we'll we'll Throw some movies up that are hot on Netflix or, or Hulu or whatever. And we want to be on there and talking to you, engaging with you, and then breaking that down. Um, but, you know, just quick quick going. Scale of yeah, 1 to 10. Well, we want you to suggest movies to us, too. So if there's something that you think is interesting or something that you think looks cool that you think the group would enjoy. Right. Bring it to the front of the class. Definitely. And it can be anything. <laughs> like, whatever your favorite genre is, we'll break it down. Uh, we'll have fun. We'll watch it together. Yeah, like, we like everything. The premise of what we're doing right now is we want to do things together. This is not just uh, our podcast. I typically say I'm one third of the Press Next podcast. And the other third is Katie. And the last third is you all. Uh, so we in this together. So we want to continue to do these things so happy and excited for everybody that showed up. It was a phenomenal movie. Scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to give it an 8. Really? Yeah, I thought... Well, mind you, I don't know much about that um, tsunami. Mm-hmm. So, I can't really judge the like historicalness of it, you know, and the factual and actualness mm-hmm. of it. So, just as a drama of a family that was torn apart by something that was pretty tragic... And then had to find, like, you know, each other. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Somebody's going to say the storyline was trash, but come on, bro. Like, that was somebody's life. So it can't be yeah. too trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I would give it um, a nine. Nice. I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I think the I think the storyline was great because, like you said, it's someone's life. Who are we to say what that storyline was, right. you know? Um, so I think that that was great. I think the acting was great. Like I was in pain watching that movie. Oh yeah, it was tough. And then um, I cried. <laughs> so I think that they did a great job. Shout out young Tom Holland. Yeah, young Spider-Man. He did his job in that movie. And a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hey, yeah. I mean, the movie was just great. I think there was one scene, you know, the scene when a tsunami hit and mm-hmm. they're in the water. Mm-hmm. The way that I'm, we're going to post this, I'm going to post these clips on our IG and in the Facebook. Um, they're going to show you how they shot those scenes. I think it's incredible because while that scene was really long and, and typically I'm, you know, I just like a long scene. Mm-hmm. I think it was very needed and necessary to show you like the gruel and grit that right. it took for them, just them two to get together. Right. 
Because then you can imagine what it took for the dad to get the other two kids. Right. Right. You had to see the struggle of like, they were in that water for a long time and a second wave came. And so that was one of like my favorite scenes, uh, like cinematically. Mm -hmm. It looked so cool to be able to replicate like what a tsunami swell would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And reportedly those waves got up to like a hundred feet. That's crazy. Yeah. I think just watching that, I was like, I could not even imagine being in this you know right and you're they're not used well i don't think that anybody's used to tsunamis but they're not from thailand they're not i mean they lived in japan i don't think that they're seeing a lot of tsunamis or anything like that right so imagine going on vacation and then almost dying because of a tsunami yeah and the thing is is that there were people who died yeah and who were on vacation because of that so um rest in peace to them but mm-hmm. very movie. very moving yes movie. it was yes. very it was great i loved it it's emotional I, mm-hmm. I i definitely um the the moment where the brothers are running to him yes yeah, that they, one got they me all they came were together, running so hard yeah when they all came together that one uh, my right eye kind of got a little juicy yeah yeah, I was looking at you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you were got looking a little at juicy. Me. <laughs> I was trying to smile it away, but that was a tough one, man. It <laughs> made my heart go into my stomach. Smile it away. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we cool rating on that. I mm-hmm. gave it an eight. You gave it a mm-hmm. nine. Impossible, dope movie. We'll do it again next month. So we'll put out some feelers of what y'all want to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, hear what y'all want to see, uh, and we'll do that. So we'll do that every single month. Um, well, maybe the time didn't work, so maybe we need to find a new time. So we'll do that for y'all as well, but we really would enjoy y'all getting on. So, yeah. And just real quick, if you weren't on the way it's set up is you all like, we'll send a link out to the movie. We'll all be watching the movie at the same time. We control it. So it's not like you're going to be a minute behind us or whatever. We control it. We're watching the same movie at the same time in real time. And then there's a chat box to the right side. And so you can talk through the whole movie. Or if that annoys you, you can not talk through it and just watch <laughs> it with us. But it's really cool because it did feel like we were watching a movie with our best friends in the room. Right. And that's even exactly, though we live you know, in so a far away. State. Right. Right. That's what we love. And we want to interact with y'all. We want to feel like we're connected with y'all. And Absolutely. we want y'all to feel connected with each other. So. I can't wait to do that again. And the closer we get to that, I'll go a little bit more into the instructions. You will need a laptop, unfortunately, and you will need like an HDMI cord, unfortunately, as well, mm-hmm. uh, because teleparty is like not on other platforms. So if you got a PlayStation 5, first off, I'm jealous, but you're <laughs> not going to be able to teleparty from your PlayStation 5. Um, but anyway, let us move on to what I think right now is one of the hardest shows in the first two episodes, the freaking Queen's Gambit. Yes. So we are starting off with a new series, the Queen's Gambit. It has seven episodes, just like with um, Ratchet. We're going to be breaking it down two episodes at a time. I guess at the end, we'll do three episodes to try to wrap it up. Yeah. But I'm super excited for this show. You say it's really hard. I also think that, and I was at work. So we watched the first two episodes last night. We're recording tonight. I was at work today thinking, <laughs> I want to binge this show yes. and finish it. Bad. I didn't want to stop last night. I wanted to just keep pressing next. The entire time I was like, listen, it's going to be super hard to watch this two episodes at a time. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so 
I I think it's best for us as far as breaking down it because we don't want to have a three hour. Yeah, there's a lot to unfold. I don't want to have a three hour podcast, but I'm hooked. Yes, me too. I am hooked. And and if you were able to binge watch it, you are lucky. Yes, (laughs) I've already had people, uh, you know, either DM me or or, uh, the podcast and like, hey, thanks for suggesting this, but we already watched it all. Like I couldn't stop. So I'm like, that's all right. You can still listen back Mm -hmm. and maybe you can watch it again or something. But um, anyway, what happens? Episodes one and two. I mean, it opens in Paris, in Paris. 1967 but really the focus is in an orphanage in kentucky yes right um a young elizabeth i call her lizzie because her dad calls her lizzie and everybody else calls her beth um i I call her beth okay katie calls her beth uh but Beth's mom dies in a car accident right episode one i think early kind of uh, which is why she's in the orphanage because her dad's not in the picture um the mom kind of seems like she has a drug issue, mm-hmm. uh, some substance abuse issue, which we can talk about that. But um, yeah, oh man, yeah, we'll talk about it. But anyway, dad's not in the picture. I think the orphanage kind of introducing drugs to children is kind of another weird thing as well. Very. Um, but I need to do my research back in time um, for to see if that was like something that was actually normal. Um, Beth. She takes on chess, mm-hmm. right? Which is the the premise of the show. She takes on chess. She's really like a social. She's not really. She's kind of antisocial, mm-hmm. very much so. Even like when her uh, mother was laying out on the street, she was just kind of standing there, standing there. Yeah, yeah. Like she was kind of detached from society. Right. Like she doesn't show. She kind of has a flat affect mm-hmm. uh, with everything. She doesn't really catch up on. Um, yeah. You know, in in emotions. Yeah. So counselor Corey is like trying to diagnose her. You know, (laughs) (laughs) she's got some sort of uh, disorder, but we'll see, you know, because maybe she does later on the show. But I'm not going to break that down right now. Um, Lizzie Beth. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to call her Beth this show. She ODs. Right? In the orphanage. Oh my gosh, that whole scene stressed right. me out. Crazy. Like, she ODs. I was like, oh no, she's going to get caught. <laughs> she has at least one friend. Shout out to Jolene. Yeah. Jolene's Jolene. heart. I like Jolene. 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 Um, yeah, and then she's, she levels up. Episode two, she levels up. She ages up. She's really good at uh, chess. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the, the relationship between her and the janitor uh, mature. Mm-hmm. And she gets adopted. She gets adopted into a, yeah, air quotations, family. family. Yeah. yeah. She's adopted by a woman. I'll say it like <laughs> that. Um, and yeah, she gets into a new school. So we know how stressful that is. Mm-hmm. She's an oddball. Mm-hmm. She's not in any other clubs because, again, she's kind of antisocial. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't fit everybody's narrative. So. Right. Doesn't have nice clothes. No. She broke. She went to a poor family, but... Mm-hmm. They're not even really poor. You know what it is? I um I kind of I sympathize with her because I understand. They have a nice home and there's like they're somewhat living the American dream but they they don't have money. Right. They're the lower middle class. Right. You know, so to kind me kind of the keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, you know. So and that's tough, but a way to make money as she presents it to her now new mother is hey, there's chess tournaments and she goes to a chess tournament. And wouldn't you know, she took home the grand pooper. 
<laughs> okay. She got the grand prize. She's good, man. She, she is. is good. And I love this show so much. So just to start off real quick, I really like this show, how it shows I like how it shows chronological order her life. Yes. There was no guessing right. what's happening. There's no flashbacks. Yes. It's very straight to the point. And I really like that because I feel like there's no guessing to it and there's no mystery. Mm-hmm. Like she's a little bit of a mystery herself, right? Because she is so closed off and just quiet. But I like the fact that I can connect with her because I've seen her whole life. So right. I can empathize with what she's been through right so i really enjoy that about this show just starting off throwing that out there that's one thing that i really appreciate about this and they gave us an endpoint, right they gave us her in the future Mm -hmm. 1967 Mm -hmm. in paris right playing chess Um, right playing chess woken up kind of probably hungover grand wizard or something right um so grandmaster grandmaster Grandmaster. yeah grand wizard that might be a you know we're not gonna talk about the grand wizards here what is that (laughs) KKK, right? KKK of Grand Wizards. Oh, ew. Why did I say that? <laughs> what? Oh, I may be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the KKK has Grand Wizards. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. So we're going to use the verbiage of Grand Master Yikes. because I'm sure that chess has Grand Masters. Grand Masters. <laughs> yeah, look oh it up. Oh my Hit God. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> you know, goodness gracious. Anyway, what I like about that, though, too, is that I'm not too much of a fan of a flashback show. And you know this. Okay, you know this. I am. That's a part of the thing that kind of took me off of the show Lost. I'm not too much of. I. That's one of the reasons why I do not like how to get away with murder. Because some people get don't get. Yes, sauce. Some yes. people don't do flashbacks the justice that they mm-hmm. need. Okay. And so I like that they started off with the end and then brought us back. Episode one was her young in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Episode two was her older in the orf- orphanage, but getting adopted and getting out. Mm-hmm. So if we follow that formula, which I assume that they would probably do, we're going to get her life in somewhat of a chronological order. And I enjoy that. Right. Especially seeing that I know where she's going towards the end. Um, so yeah, shout out to them for that. I think visually Amazing. Yes, I agree. From a filmmaker standpoint, and I'm sure, I don't know if you caught up on this, they are doing a fantastic job of telling a story. Through colors? With colors, yes, but also with not a lot of dialogue. This is true. They tell stories, and even their timelines are just shots, Mm -hmm. sound effects, and music scores yeah that's true very Good little point. talking that is when you know that that's that's like film as cargo mm-hmm. when you got a dope film the one that's gonna win an award it didn't have a lot of talking it was showing you a movie and a story without talking and that they are in the first two episodes at least have done a fantastic job of making you feel a bunch of different ways without somebody having to tell you have to have how you need to feel mm-hmm. yeah i i noticed that well i guess i s- like subconsciously noticed that right because now looking back i'm like yeah i did recognize that you could see what the new mother the mm-hmm. adopted mother 
was going through without her saying anything at all. Right. You saw her room a mess. You saw her crying. You saw her playing the piano. You saw her asking for medication. You already knew what the deal was. It's crazy. And you can already tell what their relationship was just from the first time you saw them. Mm -hmm. Right. You Mm -hmm. didn't need the dialogue of him leaving and all of that. Like you already knew what it was. Right. By him kind of clearing his throat. And by the way, what the hell is going on in this show with everybody clearing their throat? Y'all, this bothers Corey so much. It does. All night he was like, they can't say like, excuse me or something. Yes. What is wrong with, yeah, that's what I was doing the whole night was just clearing my throat because. Let me clear my throat. Anyway, um, they did that all, the whole show. Yeah. To get anybody's attention. It wasn't a, excuse me, sir, whatever. It was a, and I'm like. What? Maybe it's me. Maybe I come from a different background. If I would have did that to my parents or somebody else, I'd have got the the I got knocked in the next week. Yeah, or okay. ignored. Right. You know what to say. That's just rude. <laughs> and I feel like maybe they're trying to tell something there too. But for her part, maybe it just plays into her antisocialness and mm-hmm. like her shyness to engage with people. Mm-hmm. But when he did it too, and then like I feel like a lot of people just do like a. <clears throat> Or they do like a passive aggressive way to get somebody's attention. Her with the erasers, right? When she went down there, instead of her just saying, hey, what game are you playing? She knocking the erasers to trying to get him, get his attention. Mm-hmm. So same deal. That's true. Like, I don't understand Fair. that part. Fair point. But maybe that's how it was back in the day. So if we have any older listeners um, who, is that what y'all did back in the day? If it is, I'm so glad that we graduated from that. <laughs> okay. And moved to a more um, polite <laughs> era of life. I guess you can say. All right. Let's move on to our favorite section, the questions. What was your favorite scene? Or back up. Overall, one to ten. One being absolute garbage like Tokyo Drift. uh, Ten being uh, fantastic cinema like Mad Max Fury Road. Listen, (laughs) that's a ten. Mad Max Fury Road is a ten, but a topic for another day. Okay, moving on. <laughs> what do I rate it? Yeah, what you rate it? Um, I'm going to give it a 10 out of a 10. Wow. I am hooked. There wasn't anything that I disliked. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. Um, I, I'm in it. I love it. 10 out of 10, no complaints. Yeah, I would say good score. I'm going to go 9. Because yeah. it's really hard to get a 10 out of me. Yeah. Um, but nine, it, it's, I, I really can't say too much bad about it. It's fantastic. They're doing a great job with the storytelling. They're doing a fantastic job with even their character building. Mm-hmm. I think they're not taking too much time on building the characters. I think they're just building them in the, in the, like the perfect timing, you know? And like, yeah, I would agree. Everybody has a place. So far, nobody has stood out to me as like being like, why is that person there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody's been just playing their role and doing it well. So I would say nine. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Favorite scene. What was your favorite scene? My favorite scene was when she showed up at the tournament and, um, you know, she was confident. She knew. She did. She was. She knew that she was going to win or she knew that she was going to be great. Mm-hmm. And when she was talking to the guys at the registration table and they were like, yeah, you're not going to win. You have to beat all of these people before you get to play him. And he Good got luck. to Vegas last year. Yeah, and she's like, 
What's in Vegas? <laughs> Strippers. Um, but I absolutely loved that she went into that tournament and she beat every single person. Mm-hmm. Even nobody at the at the top. And you, and you even thought for a second that the little kind of somewhat cute crush love interest was going to get her off her game. Yes, I thought it was going to throw her off. I thought she was going to get all hot and flustered and make a wrong move or something like that. I really thought. This is what I actually thought is when they were going over the rules when it was woman on woman. Right. Um, and the girl was like, we're playing touch, meaning if you touch it, you have to move it. So I thought that's what was going to get her caught up. Mm-hmm. I think I was looking too deep into it, but I thought that she was going to touch something that she didn't want to move while playing him. Right. Um, touch something that she didn't want to move and then have to and then lose because she was flustered. But my girl held it down. She did. She did a great job. And maybe they throw in that touch just for us, for for people who don't understand chess. Like me. Right. So that you get like. Corey understands chess. He likes chess. I do not understand it at all. (laughs) At all. Yeah. I'm going to teach her one of these days. I love chess. I grew up playing chess. Uh, Shout out to my pops and my brother, Brandon. Um, He was in my mind like a. A grandmaster. He was probably not a grandmaster, but he was really good. And we played chess a lot. And he taught me a lot of strategy. And he would read chess books and stuff like that. So, um, but I think maybe they plugged, they plugged some stuff for the viewer to say, if if you are a Katie who doesn't know chess, well, I have to somehow plug in the rules so that you understand what's going on. Yeah, fair point. You know. Yeah. So that was my favorite scene. I really, I was like, heck yes, girl, woman power. But also the bathroom scene was very important. With the two girls? Yes. Yeah. I feel like that was very important because obviously as a woman and as women, we have all been there. And whether it came, whether our periods came at a time of convenience or not, right? Um, we were all probably like, what the heck is happening? Like, you know right. about it, but it's still kind of weird when it happens. And so I think that her having another female there to help her out and mm-hmm. give her something, even though she didn't know how to use it, I think that was really important. And it just shows that, I think it shows that there's a community of women within the chess world. Right. Um, just because there's so few. And they stick together. Yes. Yeah. That was cool. I have, obviously, I'm, that's a moment that I'm never, ever going to experience in my life. Um, but I said it then I was like, oh, this is a nice moment. Like, mm-hmm. it's cool to see people have like, she don't know her, mm-hmm. but she walked in on a very vulnerable moment right. and where she could have made fun of her and everything else. She like did everything, right. Like all the other girls were doing. She did everything to help her out. You know, Hey, I got something. Do you need help? Do you know how to use it? If you don't, mm-hmm. I'll show you yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then she also encouraged her, Hey, go out and beat all of them, please. Mm-hmm. You know, she was yeah. like, take all yeah. of them down. Uh, and she did. Yeah, she did. I'm just she so like shocked with how good she is. So your favorite scene was her whipping everybody's ass at the yep. tournament. All right. Absolutely. My favorite scene was um, there was a sequence in the first episode where she is going down to the basement and she's learning. She's taking the eraser down in the basement and she's learning how to play chess. And it's it's a time-telling piece so you can see how much time has passed. And there's one shot specifically that I think this literally this shot is probably no longer than four to five seconds. The teacher's writing on the whiteboard on the chalkboard. I'm sorry. She's writing on chalkboard. She makes a mistake on a math problem and she looks down to get the eraser Mm -hmm. and she's like, where are the, 
she makes she suggests like where are the racers, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't say it, but her body language is like, where are these erasers? The camera pans back to an empty seat. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing the dedication, the slyness because she keeps playing hooky. You know, mm -hmm. she's she's missing class or whatever, but it's also a part of that time-telling piece or where she, this is something she's doing every day. Right. And she's causing erasers to go missing in class because and she's, she's going down to... she's so smart that she doesn't need to be in class. Right. So she finishes her work early. She takes the erasers downstairs to clean them, mm -hmm. quotation marks. She plays chess. So that was one of my favorite scenes of like a filmmaker. I was like, wow, they did a beautiful job there of nobody talking, but in the sequence of about maybe a minute and a half, they explained that she had been doing this for weeks. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. That was like, it was great. Shout out to the writers. Shout out to the director. Shout out to the DP. Uh, because the DP is the director of photography, if you didn't know that. But shout out to the DP. Because the lighting is great. And the continuity is great. And the storytelling is great. It's just, it was great. That was my favorite Yeah, scene. and I also... Um I forgot my train of thought. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, this is what I was going to say. I also appreciate how it slowly shows her aging. Yes. It's never like she's young, then she's old. Like you gradually see her growing. So right. I like that. And that was part of that sequence as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was great. Do you have any worse scenes? I actually don't. I don't. There was not a scene that I was like, Ooh, I hated that. Except the um, <laughs> the overdosing gave me a lot of anxiety because I thought Ooh. she was going to get caught, but that makes it a good scene, right? right? So, right. um, yeah, I don't have a worse scene. There wasn't anything that I thought was bad. Um, yeah, I don't bad. I don't think that there was a scene in there that was bad. Um, specifically, I don't know if I don't know how I felt about the cocksucker scene. <laughs> you know because like for the same reasons that everybody else feels about young people talking about sex mm -hmm. but the reality is that's what's happening right you know that's a question that she's gonna ask she legitimately called somebody that had no idea what it was and mm -hmm. so later had to ask you know her friend her only friend jolene and even jolene didn't necessarily give a, a definition of um of really what it meant. I mean, she gave like the literal definition mm -hmm. of maybe what it meant, but we're talking like when you call somebody that you're the not derogatory, right. You know? Yeah. So as her being like a child actor and everything else, that made me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it was, it was good character development to kind of show that she is a child and she's like, I don't know what all of this stuff means. I'm just doing it because I, I'm trying to fit in maybe like you said it. So I'm going to say it. And mm -hmm. because you were mad and maybe I picked up on that. So it gave us a little bit of insight to who she is, but I don't know if I needed that, you know, you know, what's funny is that <laughs> when I was a kid, there was this Gary Allen song and my mom had the Gary Allen CD and I knew every word of that CD. And anyways, in one of his songs, he calls the cops dicks and you know, like jerks right and i was just singing it at the top of my lungs for a long time and then one day my mom finally went hey don't say that word <laughs> that's not a good word and i was like well what does it mean <laughs> right we have all lived this before yeah yeah so, so. i mean i'm i'm i could keep it i'm it, that's not a worse scene that's just a scene that kind of made me feel uneasy me being the person yeah, that i am I feel but, you. um as far as the scene that i had no clue why it was there 
I don't really think we needed to see the car accident scene. That's just me. I don't. It didn't really add nothing to the scene. I didn't want to see a dead body laid out on the ground. Yeah. You know, I don't think I needed to see how gruesome it was to understand that her mom died in a mm-hmm. car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that was kind of a wasted shot. Yeah. Um, but I think they portrayed. I mean, like you said, when she was just standing there, I think it portrayed her detachment. Right. I would say, and I'm sure. That was part of the plan when they were thinking we need to tell the story without talking about it. Mm-hmm. So the cheap way could have been like, you know, maybe we saw it in her file or um, the black the black uh, orderly and the the head person, uh, Miss, I can't remember her name, starts with a D, mm-hmm. but maybe they're talking about it. Oh, she's coming and her mother died in an accident, a car accident. You know, maybe we get the information from there, but I guess it does add to the avant-garde of the show, but... I don't think they needed it. I'm not trying to see all that. but that's yeah. And that really is, I want all of you to know, th- this is nitpicking. Yeah. Okay? This is, in Ratchet, I was, every episode, I was like, what the heck? You know, there was something I didn't like. There was a, something I didn't know was going on. This show, I had to like, really go out, reach, and grasp for something <laughs> to say I didn't need or, man, this is what it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I gave it a 10 out of 10 because I really didn't have complaints. Um, although I will say that the scene where she's going outside, you know, cleaning, once she made the janitor mad and she had to go outside to clean the erasers and she saw the guy standing over across right. the fence. Waving at her. Yeah. And I thought something was going to come of that, but I guess it was just showing how secluded the girls are from the outside world right. while they're at the orphanage. But I think we kind of expect that anyways. Right. And so I was kind of like, mm, what was the point of that? Right. I feel you because I thought the same thing. I thought it was either going to be some sort of a ploy to, you know, mix and mingle the girls to get the girls mm-hmm. and guys together. Or, or that she was going to sneak out to see right, him. Something like right. that. Right. Uh, and maybe even talk about the sexual her sexuality and maybe exploring that. But mm-hmm. that's not what happened. Right. So, yeah. I feel you on that one. Um, let's keep on going, shall we? Let's go. Listen, who do you love? So this one's kind of hard. Obviously, I love Beth because I have like a f- attachment to her because right. I've seen her whole life story. And so I think that she's just very resilient. I think she's smart. I think she is a go-getter. She's determined. Um, she was very determined to learn chess with the help of tranquilizers but Uh um she was very determined to learn that and she knows that she's good because she's worked and she's studied and she is like all about chess and she wants to be the best so she's working to be the best so i really appreciate that about her but i also love the the janitor or the super whatever because he obviously didn't want anything to do with her in the beginning he was like i don't play with kids but then he saw something in her and then he taught her. And he didn't just teach her everything he knows, right. right? He made her work for it. He made her beat him before he taught her more things. Right. And I think that that is kind of the father figure that she never had. Right. Um, and so I really appreciate that of him and the fact that she could write back to him for an entry fee and he sent it. No note, no nothing, not, you know, responding to her note, just sent the money back because right. he believed in her. Uh. And he also you know, set her up with the yes. high school chess right. um, teacher and because he saw something in her. Yeah. And even the chess teacher was like, wow, 
Yeah. You were talented. Listen, he put her on. Yes. And <clears throat> he's one half of my favorite characters as well. Yeah. Like um, he made her, obviously she is, you know, who she is, resilient, determined, but she wouldn't have known what chess was without him. Right. And I feel like seeing the first scene of the first episode, that chess becomes her life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's playing to be a grandmaster. Right. So I, I believe that she is who she is because of him. And so I, I really appreciate him. Definitely. And it was, it was like her escape and he kind of mm-hmm. noticed that as well. And yeah, I think for him being one half of mine. So yes, he's one half of my favorite characters that I love. Okay. Cause it's a tie and I feel like yours is kind of a tie right now. All right. Uh, mine's the tie as well. But for him, he, I think he did everything by the book. Very right. He was very truthful with her. He even, he never really got too angry with her. Mm -hmm. You know, he showed her control, restraint. He didn't just want to teach her the rules of the game. He wanted to tell you how to play the game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What did it mean? What does sportsmanship mean? Right. Like all of these things. That's true. And these are life lessons. These aren't just, that's the thing about chess, Mm -hmm. right? They always say chess is a quote unquote gentleman's game. Right. Uh, And And life is a game of chess. Right, right. And so not to gender this game, but I think really what it is, it's a, it's a set of morals and values when you're playing chess, right? And you're okay. playing another person. So I think that's also what he was doing. And even the like, the proud and the sadness on his face when she was leaving. Yeah. Right? He didn't show too much of emotions, but you can tell he didn't even want to look at her because his a little bit leaving. of, yeah, a little bit of him was leaving too. Right. Uh, so um, shout out to him for sending her money. And I hope she sends the $10 back, as she promised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other half is shout out to Jolene. Okay, mm-hmm. I love Jolene. Because Jolene is for everybody. Real. She's real. She's 100% real. And I think she gives an insight to people, especially during this time, but even now, about how hard it is for like black American children to be adopted. And then it gets harder for any child to be adopted the older you the get. The older they get. Okay, so when you stack that on top of being black, like it... It's not easy. So, yeah, and that is sad. I, I mean, just working in higher ed and yeah. knowing people coming to college, and you know, you phase out of the foster care system or the orphanage, and you're basically on your own. You yeah. know, you you grow out, you age out once you're 18, and you're kind of alone in the world. Right. And here she is, you know, getting older, and she doesn't know anything about sex she doesn't know anything about the outside world yeah she's just been in an orphanage you know and and which is a scary thing when you come out as an adult right right because you are a fully developed woman in the world and on top of that (laughs) and and naive she's what what i'm trying to get at she's the big sister like of everybody right and so i i like jolene and and she's misunderstood too yeah she definitely is but i think her part of her being misunderstood is that she understands she's not getting adopted Mm -hmm. she knows she's gonna be there so she's kind of having fun she's poking fun with it she's gonna be herself and live her life but if if y'all don't know the majority of my family is adopted Mm -hmm. and my mom for the longest time was a consultant for um, adoption agencies and stuff. And she's currently working for one. Mm-hmm. Um, so adoption has been near and dear to my heart since the inception of what I can even remember. And so seeing the orphanage and everything else and understanding how hard it is. When I was back in my other job, I worked on a committee that was working with uh, students who were coming out of the system. So shout out to Jolene because she really is 
a blessing in a in a place where it's not a lot of blessings. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about 22 people sleeping in one room. Right. And she's holding it down for everybody. She was funny. She, everybody, even a new girl that came in. Remember there was a new girl that mm-hmm. came in? And then the scene where she was about, she knew that Beth kind of got hooked on those drugs. Mm-hmm. And she was about, and she knew that this opportunity for Beth when she was going to play this chess at the high school was huge. And this was going to be the make it or break it for Beth. Right. And she was like, wait, let me say goodbye. And she gave her some of them drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, is she aiding to her drug abuse? Yes. But at the same time, she knew this was big for Beth. And so she set aside her own, you know what I mean? So yeah, I like Jolene. Shout out to Jolene for that. So my two favorite, if it's a tie, Jolene and uh, the janitor, who okay. I'm blanking on his name right now. So who is your least favorite? Is his name Alton? Is that his name? Alton? Alton? Alton, I think. Uh, whoever is the damn dad. Yeah. Who, quote unquote, and I put this, you know, adopted Beth. Yeah. I can't stand How him. Come? How come? <laughs> is there, uh, if you like him, please DM me <laughs> and let me know why. Jump off the live. Jump off the, if you like him, please jump off the live right now. Listen, everything about him from the second I met him, from the second he got out the car, from the, when he was in there and he just asked her, uh, is your name Elizabeth or do you go by Beth? It, but he did it in like a condescending way. And all he ever does. Austin. Austin. Mm-hmm. All he ever does is talk crap about her. And he don't give a damn about his wife. No, no. He always no. going uh Southwest. But we know what Southwest is. Mm. Mm. It's some booty Southwest. <laughs> and that's where he going. Mm-hmm. Talking about he going to be out there indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mr. Austin then got another family somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that just goes to show that even though, you know, they have the pretty suburban house and, you know, she's a housewife right. and all of this, that they are not the American dream. No. And even, you know what I hated, but I get it because it was so, like, it was so far back when he shows up out of nowhere. And this is why I just can't stand him either. He ain't let nobody know he's coming home early. Mm hmm. He just shows up. Oh, girl, the, the mom got to run upstairs and get herself, aka, presentable. Mm-hmm. And he like, yeah, let me get you get a beer if you if there's still one left. And does she ever change clothes? Like, bro, you just ain't seen your wife in the. I don't know about y'all, but I don't mean to put you out there, Katie. But if I'm gone for weeks and I walk through the door and you there, I ain't going upstairs and just laying on the <laughs> couch and in the bed. Okay, if y'all feel me, I don't want a beer. I want something else. Oh okay, I want God. that loving. I want to hug you. I want to kiss you. I want to see you. I want to joke around with you. I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be gone a while and then just come back and be. Especially with the new child in the house. Yes. I'm, I want to engage. Even even if I'm tired, I want to engage I'm with other human beings. Mm-hmm. And then maybe later, maybe the weekend, I get to chill and whatever. I had a long week and boom, boom, boom. But yeah, the guy's just a prick. Yeah, I hate he him. Is. He I is. Hate him. Yeah, he's my least favorite too. So everything you said, I agree with. Um, and I think that he's just even more of a jerk because she said it was actually his idea to adopt you. Right. So I feel like he knew what he was doing and yeah. he didn't want to leave her alone. So he wanted to get, he mm. even called her your little companion. Mm-hmm. That's mm. not a companion. If you adopted them as a child, that's a family. That is a child, mm-hmm. not a companion. And so I feel like that was his way of placing someone in his spot so he could right so he can so he can do the fade away he can pull off 
uh, and go be with his girl in the mm-hmm. Southwest mm-hmm. because it got to be somebody out there. His job right. just ain't calling him out there. Right. Because um, really, he could have rented a car. He's just putting her in a bad situation. I just can't stand him. And she's obviously on an allowance. Right. Right. I just wanted to put the paws on him the whole time. <laughs> I, every time I saw him, I wanted to hit him. Same. So I'm actually kind of happy that he's gone. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Right. But I don't just reinforcing uh, something for um beth even though and we can talk about this the the two main father figures or supposedly legally father figures are now walked out on beth right one of them didn't actually want to one of them wanted to keep beth but the mom said no mm-hmm. and one of them just walked out you know which makes the reason why the janitor is my favorite even more so uh but now it's just that's just keep that reinforcing cycle of right. like these men ain't caring nothing about these women out here mm-hmm. and don't care about nothing about you. So, um, all right. What about the episode? Can you relate to real life? And what would you have done in that situation? So what I relate to real life is her resilience, mm. right? Like we, in as children, we can't help the situations that we're put in right. by our parents. Amen. We cannot help what we what happens to us as children right but that doesn't have to dictate the rest of our lives not at all so i really enjoyed watching i mean you look at this child she doesn't have any parents Mm -mm. she's come to an orphanage where she gets hooked on tranquilizers and she could be the worst possible person, right? right? She could have let that harden her. She could have let her smarts go to waste by, you know, getting hooked on them drugs. Right. All of that. But she chose to find something she's good at. She knows she's smart. She knows that she's smart because it took her five minutes or whatever. It took her a short amount of time to fill out that quiz when we first saw her in the classroom. And the teacher said, go go clean these erasers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think that just show, her showing her resilience of learning something new and really honing in on her skills and letting it push her because she's she knows she's going to be the best, right? She right. just beat the best person at that tournament. She's cold. So she knows that she's going to be the best. And I, you know, she bought all the books. She spent her money to buy a chessboard. Mm -hmm. She has been looking at magazines. She's been practicing, 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 putting in the work. And so I just take resilience out of this. Like she is a resilient person and I can't say how I would have applied that to my, my own life or what I would have done in that situation. Um, cause I'm not that smart. Um, but yeah, I really, really like that. What was yours? Yeah. Mine is very similar. I guess you can say, um, and everybody who knows me knows that I'm a very strategic person, very. Okay, which is also why I enjoy the game of chess. So the resilience in her strategy as well, though, everything was she never let not having something stop her from doing something. Yeah. So her being able to see don't get it <laughs> right. Her being able to see the board without playing it when she was up all night looking at the ceiling and sitting playing it in her head. Yeah, that's huge. I tell people this and I told you this last night. That's how, when I'm passionate about stuff, that's how I see things, specifically football. And it's, it was wild to try to explain that to people because people didn't understand. They're like, oh, you know, what would you do here? Why do you know that? I see it in my head 
and I do it in my head way before I it happens in real life, mm-hmm. way before I do it. I put myself in situations before they happen. When I'm in the shower, I think about, this is so weird, in the <laughs> shower, I've won a Grammy and I'm giving my Grammy speech, right? In the shower, I'm in an interview and they ask me a specific question. I answer that question. I play through these scenarios in my head. I see them. I I like I can almost even see who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in that situation, I deliver. Right. Because in my head, I've already done it. Yeah, you're very good at that. Yeah. So that's like, I think that's why I love this show. I think that's why I'm really attached to Elizabeth because I understand her. Now, in elementary school and so on and so that made me a nerd. It made me like, you know, anti not necessarily antisocial, but people weren't getting down with me because I was like the smart guy, mm-hmm. right? Like super nerdy stuff. But lucky for me, athletics was in the cards. So athletics kind of kept me around the cool kids. But I'm a nerd at heart. And I, that's what I do. Very much so. I see music the same way. I see everything that I'm passionate about the same way. You see everything that way. Um, (laughs) Fun fact, one time we were going to Walmart and I was going to take a certain road and then I ended up taking another road and then I was like, dang it, it would have been better if I would have taken the other road because I would have avoided all this traffic. And Corey and I got into a conversation of, um, we're, we're so similar, but we're so different. Like, we are polar opposites when it comes to certain things. Like Corey is very structured and he thinks everything through before he does it. And like he's saying, he analyzes every scenario before he's actually in it. And I'm a fly by the handle type of gal. Straight up. Whatever (laughs) happens, happens. Exactly. So I'm like, no, I just get in my car and go. And he said, I cannot imagine just getting in my car and not having a plan and just going. Yeah. No, I, Every time I get in my car, if I'm going somewhere, I have chosen what streets I'm going to turn on, when I'm going to turn on them. If if there is some sort of failure to plan A, I've already have a plan B in my head yeah. as well. Like like it's weird when I go shopping. I have I don't just go like let's go to the mall and just freelance and just go look at stuff. No, I've already planned how I'm going to walk through every store. Oh my god! So it, <laughs> not me. <laughs> It's kind of burdensome. Couldn't be me. Right. It's kind of burdensome and, and I envy your uh, freeness, but I enjoy it. Like in a way, I enjoy it because I feel like sometimes it keeps me out of, it keeps me out of danger and Situations it keeps me out of trouble. That, yeah. I've already seen where this is going. I played through it in my head. I'm kind of like Dr. Strange when he went through all of the stuff <laughs> in the movie and he was like, yeah, I've seen all of these and we're in the end game now. I, I know where this is going. Yeah. I don't want to engage in yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes it keeps me also from living like the freest life and missing out on opportunities. So that's why I appreciate you being the polar opposite because sometimes you push me to just say, just do it. Yeah. Stop thinking so much about it and do it. Yeah. We definitely even each other out. Yeah. And so that's probably what I got from that. And then self-confidence because she is not the... um, Yeah. She was very confident. Yeah. And and it's in such a way that we're not used to seeing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's such a we're used to seeing like the very, very big bravado of self confidence mm-hmm. of I can do anything, right? And flaunting, right? Them. And she's not like that. She's very uh, quiet with it. You know, she'll bring it out if she needs to bring it mm-hmm. out. You know, very sure, right? She she knows, mm-hmm. but she's also not about to like just let it be, let not let let it run her. If right. that makes sense. Uh, and so I like that because that's yeah, part of same. what my self-confidence is as well. It's like 
Part of me is I'm going to show up and tell you I'm the best. I was about to say, part of your confidence is you being you. You don't have to tell people. Right. You don't have to tell people you're confident. You don't have to tell people you're the best because you're showing it. You're right. living it. Yeah. So that that self-talk and hyping myself up and just knowing how good I am. Mm-hmm. So I don't have I don't have, I need you to tell me. I don't need to tell you. I just know how good I am. Mm-hmm. I, like, I hate when people tell me, like, oh, yeah, Corey. Be good at this. I'm like, don't say it, because then maybe now I'm thinking about like <laughs> imposter syndrome. Just I know how good I am. Just let me do what I gotta mm-hmm. do, and that's how I feel like she is. So, um, what about predictions? What are you predicting? Do you have any predictions? Um, not necessarily. I obviously think that she's playing to be. I I think that that clip we saw was her playing to be the grand master. master. Yeah. Um, are playing a grandmaster. She about to whoop, whoop that butt. Yeah. So that's where I think that we'll end up. Or, you know what I just thought? What? Oh my gosh. Tell me, tell me. Wow, tell me. this just blew my mind. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, say it. I'm sorry. Listen, she sh- she showed up late. Yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. She showed up late in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And what did she say? She said like, oh, sorry, da, 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 da. But she showed up late when the guy was waiting for her and they're about to start playing chess. Mm-hmm. Her first tournament, she plays the head guy. He shows up late and she and she wins. Mm-hmm. Is that not maybe a parallel? She shows up late. Maybe she's going to lose then. Maybe. She's not taking it serious no more. Maybe. I don't know. But I just thought about that when you just said oh, you're talking about her being a grandmaster or yeah. playing grandmaster in Paris. So I do, I do remember she showed up late. Wow. Maybe. Wow. Okay. That's not my prediction. Though. Okay, what's your prediction? Here's my prediction. I have a prediction that I'm not going to like the mom. I think yeah. that the mom is going to pimp her daughter out to, to the game of chess. And yeah. in a way that we see oh so many times in the American family. My child is my cash horse and I'm going to ride it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that too, just because the mom is now in a very different situation. She is she don't got no money. single, broke, has this house. What is she going to do with that house? Right. She can't pay for it. And she's already done all the research. Yeah. she And she's presenting it as if like, hey, you need a buddy. You need somebody who's going to mm-hmm. be able to help you out with all this travel stuff. No, she don't. Elizabeth learned a game of chess at nine years old and was whooping people's tail. Right. She can figure out how to get to a tournament. And do the math that it takes to budget. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think it's a telling story of something that like everybody has an opinion on, which is like parents being a little bit too involved, almost to the point of that is Mm self-serving. And so I I think. Like living through your child. Yes. Yeah, that's something we see a lot. (laughs) You see a lot of that in, at least in American culture, um, you can show up at any AAU basketball tournament. You'll see that everywhere. (laughs) Okay, everywhere. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that I I was kind of, I got weird vibes from her from the very beginning. Right. And then when they got home and I kind of saw the relationship that the couple had, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, she wanted to adopt someone because she wanted somebody. Right. She wanted somebody to care for because she didn't need to care for her husband anymore because she already knew he was out the door. Right. She knew. Oh, that's my prediction. I'm not going to like her because I'm going to view her as pimping out her daughter and using her and not appreciating who she has, but using who she has Mm -hmm. for herself. And that, that's something I don't like. I guess another, 
Well, a prediction I have is that maybe Beth is going to get in trouble with the Drugs? tranquilizers that she keeps taking. Yeah. I think that's going to become an issue for her. Yeah. Um, like maybe not and get not maybe not legally, but right. I feel like something is going to happen. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Drug addiction, drug abuse, it is a thing. Listen, we are so glad you stayed and listened to this entire episode we do have some church announcements listen uh here's one thing we want to say we're gonna start a new trend new thing i'll put it in a facebook group i'll put it on ig i'll put it on everything every month we're gonna choose a fan of the month a listener of the month uh whatever we want to call ourselves the pressy of the, the month whatever and katie and i are going to put together some package and send it to your front door yes some goodies some movie watching goodies some movie watching goodies some things just to show you all that we appreciate our fans very much uh we want to select one person a month and just really show them hey from from us to you thank you for being a member of the press next club Mm -hmm. for listening for tuning in for for being active for engaging with other people so that is something that we're going to do now that is going to require that you obviously sign up for something so i will send the link out It'll be a form. You'll put your name and like your address and stuff. I'm not sharing this information. Um, we're just keeping it so that we can ship you stuff. And so we will do it at random. You know, maybe we change a um, maybe we change a parameter or something like that. But for now, we're just gonna put names in a generator, spin it up, so everybody has a chance to win and pick out the person, and we will send you something uh, once a month. Yeah, and absolutely. yeah, we we love that you listen to us. We love that you enjoy the same shows that we do and that you enjoy our breakdown so just and a we, little token of our appreciation yeah because we always want to give back always want to give back and speaking of giving back and being involved have y'all got some of that mama moore's popcorn yet listen if you didn't see our instagram story we went home to texas amen and what did we get we got mama moore's popcorn we got dill pickle flavor mm, that, was the chain. that was off that the was chain mine was the texas Text. Two-step, maybe? Was it Texas Two-Step? Uh, I feel like that is Bluebell. <laughs> maybe. I don't I don't remember. It was. It might have been Texas Two-Step, actually. It was cheddar. Yes. And caramel. And it was... Mm. <laughs> That's my favorite. I had it for the first time when I went to Chicago. Nothing compares. Yes. And I, then... Um, my parents got some... Cheddar jalapeno. Yeah, cheddar, cheddar jalapeno, jalapeno and... And then your mom loves the caramel pecan. Yep. And that... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. The pecans? Yes. Oh, they're so good. Listen, I need you all, please. If for anything but to please your taste buds, either go into Mama Moore's Popcorn located in Grand Prairie, Texas... Mm-hmm. And say hi to her. She's say very hi. Sweet. She's amazing. Okay, amazing. Her and her husband own the place, so it yes. is a small business. It's very small business. Support local, but they're amazing. They make fantastic popcorn. If you're in store, you can use the promo code Press Next and get fifteen percent off your order. I just had somebody do it. Whoa, fifteen percent. Yes, fifteen percent in store. If you want to go online, you can use the same promo code Press Next at checkout. So, order some popcorn. Yes. It's it's about to be holiday season. I was about to say. Okay. Get y'all some holiday popcorn for your people. It's a great stocking stuffer. They have cool sizes. There's it's, like 50 flavors. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Just do it. I'm telling you. 
do it. And I can't wait to get back next week because I'm definitely getting me some more. Mm -hmm. That dill pickle was smack. And you're going to bring me some home too. Watch your mouth. <laughs> no, I definitely am. But we appreciate you, Mama Moore, for uh, doing that for us and our listeners. So go get you some. Uh, blow her up, man. Send her some um, appreciation for that. Yeah. Uh, as always, we are self-funded. So if you listen to this podcast or you want to engage with us and say, you know what? We love them. We want to send them some coin. You can send it to our cash app or our Venmo, both as press next podcast. Uh, send us, drop us a fiver, send us a hundred, <laughs> drop us a $1, a 50 cent if you can. Uh, just if you want to show us some appreciation, do it financially. <laughs> yeah, I got to get a new mic stand. Yeah, we need new equipment and stuff. And sometimes my computer does this little funny little thing. So we're saving up for that stuff too. Uh, we want to do more stuff. We also want to go... Um, to a video format as well so that you can watch us and listen to us so uh, you can do that kind of like Joe Rogan podcast or other podcast but of course we need funds to do that and we are self-funded so if you want to drop us some coin please do cash app or Venmo at press next podcast also follow us on all of our platforms okay IG is press next podcast Twitter is press next pod and join our Facebook group the yes. press next group okay like I think it's the Press Next Club. I, I think it's cool. I love the group. I love chatting with y'all. I love being, you know, doing different events and stuff that we can put in there. Facebook's a wonderful tool for that. So if you have not joined the Facebook group, please do. Uh, we'll put some other stuff in there, but continue to post your favorite clips and favorite movies and continue to talk with us and engage. Yes. We uh, love it. Pressed. 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 Press Next Club. Yes. Press Next Club is the Facebook group. Um, as always, we are about to be out. So, you got something to say, baby? Hey, whenever you're binge watching The Queen's Gambit. Yes. And Netflix says, are you still there? Are you? Always press next. Indeed, y'all. We love y'all. We'll see you next time. Yes. <laughs>